Truth, Community, Engagement. This is 6035. Thank you so much for being here. I am Shelley Roars. I am the spokesperson for the League of Women Voters at the Pikes Peak region. So we do appreciate you. Um, I am here with some amazing women up on my right. Um, they are your moderators this evening, and we are going to get with that in just a second. But um, Moni Hernandez and Jackie Jaramillo with the Latina Equity Foundation. So they are your moderators this evening. So welcome to them. Thank you for your candidates for attending. We have alphabetical order, Miss Sally Clark down there on the end. You have Andrew Dalby, Mr. Daryl Glenn, Lojinos Gonzalez Jr., Lawrence Joseph Martinez. Um, we're hoping Mr. Miller is stuck in traffic, but um, Christopher Mitchell is up there next on your stage. Yemi Mobilade, Mobilade, thank you, Mobilade. It's a hard one. I'm, I'm, you're going to work me through it. Callan Reese Rodebaugh, Tom Strand, Miss and Mr. Teagan, John Teagan, and Mr. Wayne Williams. There are your candidates for this evening for the mayoral candidate forum. Elected officials in attendance, obviously you have Councilman Tom Strand up there on your stage. County Commissioner Lojinos Gonzalez also on your stage. Julie Ott, D11 school board member. I'm pretty sure I saw her in the room somewhere. I don't, oh, right behind on my left, back here in the back. Did I miss any other elected officials coming in the room? Who am I missing? Wayne Williams, Mr. Williams, I'm sorry. It's one of those days, I apologize. All right, your timekeeper for the league is Terry Weber down in the front. If you don't see her candidates, that is the person who will come up onto the stage when she holds that red sign up. So please make sure you wrap it up in 10 seconds or less. League members, question takers. Again, questions come from you. Our moderators do have a couple of uh, questions in their pocket just to get kind of things rolling. But we also have a lot of questions here that you've submitted. If you don't have an index card, please make sure you get that to Denny or who am I? Who else are, there we go, they're raising their hands. They are your question sorters this evening. They, again, we are all league members. As you see, we had a whole bunch of people here. We are a member organization and we're not just for women. Men can be members too, right? And students are free. So if you know a student that is interested in, in kind of a civics geek like we are, I say that lovingly, um, please let them know about us, okay? Co-sponsors, we could not be here without the help of these people. Um, the Black and Latino Leadership Coalition, Citizens Project, Colorado Latinos Vote, KRCC, Latina Equity Foundation, NAACP, and 6035 Media. So thank you to our sponsors. Again, if you're watching this via live stream, um, or if you're not here, you missed our one on the at-large city council candidate forum that we had on Thursday. If you missed that, everything can be found on our YouTube page or our website, lwvppr.org. So all of our forums are recorded and put on there for, I don't know, maybe you want to watch them in your pajamas one night, because, again, because we we're all we awesome like that, right? Um, but just spread the word on that for me. Uh, podcasts, we have several podcasts. We've interviewed all of the candidates, so we have really put them through a lot. They go through a lot when they run for office anyway. So they've all been interviewed. All of those interviews are different questions. You may not hear the same question that you hear tonight, right? There's a couple of questions that kind of put them on the hot seat for the league about city council pay and moving elections to the fall and things like that. So you may not hear those tonight, but you're going to hear those on those recordings. So make sure you check out Making Democracy Work and 6035 Vote 
Um, and thanks to Dave Gardner with Studio 809 Podcast here in the back. He's our tech guy. And of course, Nick Raven running our camera in the back as well. So make, he makes us all look good. Vote 411. Candidates, I know a few of you have, are not, have not filled that survey out for us. So Vote 411 is our league's portal to you, the voters. Candidates put the information in there. You get access to it. It's nothing the league has to do. So if they don't fill it out, we would like you to call them and ask them to fill it out. <laughs> um, but if you, if, um, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Teagan has arrived. So we're going to get John up here as I'm, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Miller, my bad. Well, they're both here. Looky there. So you guys are just coming in on our thing. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to get started. Tonight's introductions are one minute for the candidates. Sally Clark is alphabetical. And then closing at the end of the night, we're going to start with Wayne and go back. So that's how your forum will run. What they're doing right now is they're drawing for first question order. All of the candidates have agreed to the candidate form agreements that they have signed that are in front of them. A few of them are signing it right now. It basically says that they will be civil. You as the audience, again, you're not supposed to clap or anything like that. No hooting and hollering, right? This isn't a NASCAR race, um, even though I would love it to be. Um, either way, the candidates are up there to answer the questions pretty timely. Because there are so many, they get 30 seconds to one minute to answer. It's pretty much like being on a hot seat. So you're going to really see them in an, in an element that a lot of people, this is, is not normal, right? But this is the way we can hear from all of them in a fair manner. So that's your candidate forum guidelines for tonight. And again, one of the rules of our forums, there is no back and forth between our candidates. This is a forum. What one question is asked of one is asked of all of them in that manner. So the questions that you give us as well, they must be relevant to the mayor's race. You will not hear questions on gun control. You will not hear questions on abortion or anything that's not relevant to the mayor, okay? I talked about Vote 411, and for you as voters, make sure you go to vote411.org. It'll be live later on in the week for answers to any of your questions, okay? I'm turning it over to you guys. Introductions first. All right. Thank you. Hello, I'm Jackie Jaramillo, and I'm a native of Colorado Springs. I have lived here 72 years. I was born at St. Francis Hospital. I went to school at St. Mary's and uh, Sacred Heart Grade School, and then I graduated from Palmer. So I have lived here my entire life, and I have watched a lot of development in the years that I have been a citizen of Colorado Springs. Hello, my name is Moni Hernandez, and I have been doing public speaking since the year 2000. I started with radio. I did radio for about 20 years, and I am one of the founders for the Latina Equity Foundation. Okay, Mrs. Sally uh, Clark. Can you give us your introduction, please? Um, hello, everyone, and thank you to the League of Women Voters and uh, for this opportunity to speak to you tonight. Uh, my name is Sally Clark, and obviously I'm a candidate for mayor of Colorado Springs, and I would appreciate and, and love to earn your vote. Um, I am a small business owner. I'm someone who's owned their own small business for 36 plus years. In addition to that, I'm a military wife. My husband is right over there and appreciate all those who served our military. 
I also am someone who has served at all levels of government, including at the national level, the state level, and the local level, both at city and county. I bring a lot to the table, and this is a critical, critical time for our community. Crime is on the rise. Things are happening. We have a homeless epidemic. We've got things going on that you need important leadership decisions to be made. And I ask for you to consider me, and I ask for your support. Thank you. Good evening. I'm Andrew Dalby. Uh, I'm also a Colorado Springs native, the only one of us up here. Uh, I'm a uh, small business owner. I own an RV storage facility at Powers in Dublin. It's been in the family since uh, Powers was just a couple of wheel ruts in the weeds. Uh, so I've seen a few of those development changes that you were talking about. Um, and then I also, as a career, I was a systems engineer. And I also have done work at the federal, state, and county level, except I did it quick and uh, under, on time and under budget So uh, because I needed to make a profit. Uh, then <clears throat> I'm a little concerned. Uh, what we've been talking about is local issues, and that's important. But one of the things that, uh, that, that really struck me over the weekend is we've had the second and third largest bank failures in American history. And a lot of that is because of cascading failures. I have a three-year-old, and maybe that's just why I think this way, but I, I'm reminded of the little old lady who swallowed a fly. And too many of our problems can't be solved by the people who caused them. Thank you. Uh, good evening. Thanks for coming out. My name is Daryl Glenn, and I'm an unapologetic Christian, constitutional, conservative, pro-life, Second Amendment-loving American. I grew up in Colorado Springs, got here when I was two and a half, got here as fast as we could. From, I, from preschool all the way through the Air Force Academy, graduated from Doherty High School, spent 21 years in the military, sp spent two terms on city council, two terms on the county commissioner, was a Republican nominee for U.S. Senate in 2016. My current job, I'm the chief legal officer at TESTA. It's a domestic violence organization. I spent over 23 years trying to protect people that have been victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. I look forward to speaking to you tonight. My number one priority is to make sure that Colorado Springs is the safest city in the nation. Hi, I'm Lajinos Gonzalez Jr. Uh, and I'm running for mayor of Colorado Springs because I believe in service to others and giving back to my community. I did that serving in the military, went to the Air Force Academy, loved the area, so I came back. That serving as a uh, former school teacher in District 2, as a volunteer at my church, uh, and now as a county commissioner. Uh, I'm going to, I believe I have the uh, experience, the uh, leadership skills, and the values that matches our community. Uh, and I'm going to prioritize fighting crime. I'm going uh, fixing our roads and infrastructure, uh, making sure we address the water and the, and the uh, growth issues that we're seeing in our community. And I have a proven record of success and leadership uh, with the water contamination issue down in Wadsville Aquifer, Aquifer, getting that fixed uh, in collaboration with other entities, making sure when we had the fires down there, making sure people could recover from that. Uh, and then economic recovery post COVID, we were the first metro region to, re, uh, to recover fully from uh, post-COVID economically because of the decisions I helped lead and advocate as a county commissioner. So I'm asking for your support, Lojinos Gonzalez, Jr. for mayor. My name is, well, you see right here what my name is. Um, you know, we can't fix thing in, things in one minute, so we're not going to be able, for those of us who are non-politicians, we're not going to be able to tell you in one minute exactly what we're going to do. Everybody over here seems overqualified. You know, you'd be wondering, should I hire them? Boy, they're overqualified. We're here because we need to change the situation. We have too many things that are going on and happening. 
decisions that are being made of not even thinking about you guys. I mean, you're not able to do a 30-second commercial. You're not able to get on TV and ask a question. So we're here to be able to be part and represent you. I represent you, the common person, not the professional politician, not the one who's going to ask you for a vote, not the one that you'll hear on TV or be on the commercials. But when they do, please think Lawrence Joseph Martinez after their commercial. Think of me after you see their big sign in the road. That would really get to them. So thank you very much. Hello, I'm Jim Miller. I feel like I'm being rude not standing up to speak to you, but she told me not to get up at all. So... She told me, and I think one of them told me too. I'm not sure there's a couple of them do not stand up. So I'm running for mayor because, well, there was four child rapists that moved in next door to my house. My daughter's a victim of it. None of the system, none of the politicians, none of these people that say they care or anything else cared. None of them wanted to listen. None of them wanted to take a call. None of them wanted to even talk to someone like me because I'm just a guy. So with that all being said, I figured we need to have more people representing people. Less career politicians, less nonsense. We're not just funding to them, and we're not just numbers on a piece of paper. That's pretty much all I got. Chris is going to talk to you now. Save your time. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Christopher Mitchell. I'm an engineer by trade. And I heard a little mention today about leadership. But leadership is not all we need to bring to the table. We need to bring practical solutions, and I'm here to do that. As an engineer, I believe that any endeavor, you must set out with practical solutions, critical thinking, and analysis in order to achieve your goals. And that's why I'm running for mayor, and I hope to win your vote. Thank you very much. Good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you for being here tonight. The last time I was in this room, um, five and a half years ago, I was raising my right hand and I swore my allegiance to this great country. Uh, I am a West African immigrant. I've lived in the U.S. now for 27 years. I am running because my city needs my leadership. Our families are paying the price of the growth pains, whether it's our aging infrastructure, our public safety uh, crisis, and our economic vitality. Friends, I am ready to lead from day one. I will leverage my experience with, with city government as a small business development administrator. I will leverage my nonprofit ex experience as the co-founder of COS I Love You. I will leverage my experience um, uh, working as a business leader as well. I own three businesses. And you can expect a leader who will fight for your priorities and welcome you to the mayor's table. So vote for me. Your ballots are out. Thank you. Hello everyone, thank you for coming here. I am Callan Reese Rodeball. I am running for mayor because I love this city and I've seen a job opening, so I applied. Um, I love this city and I wanna have a positive impact on it. I want, I'm here for the people. Um, I have just as much mayoral experience as anyone else up here, which is none. <laughs> so, I'm here for the residents and I want what's just best for the city and uh, I just want to bring as much attention to this election as possible so you have, so everyone has the option to choose the best candidate that you see. Hopefully it's me, but by the looks on your faces I can tell you're not voting for me. Um, <laughs> but I love y'all and thank you. Well thanks for being here. I'm Tom Strand and I know you could have been at uh, the Briargate or uh, Burger King or maybe the Broadmoor for dinner but thanks for being here. 
I got here in the 70s at Pete Field. I had a 30-year career as a JAG in the Air Force and uh, went around the world, 17 assignments, and then retired. Uh, I spent about five years on the District 11 School Board. I was the president of the District 11 School Board and then uh, ran for City Council in 2015, so I finished two terms on City Council. Uh, I had both the position of, uh, on our Board of Directors for Utilities uh, of Chair and Vice Chair, and I was President Pro Tem, and now I'm President of City Council. I'm ready to become your mayor. I'm John Tig and I jumped in the race because of what happened during the COVID mandates. You know, we're, we have a strong mayor home rule, and to me, they, they didn't stand up for us. They didn't stand up for you. They did, did they used the health department as a police force. They used the liquor license as blackmail to keep businesses closed. They forced masks on kids when it, it didn't need to happen. Our kids are suffering mentally and educational. And it, they didn't just do enough. They needed to do a lot more. They needed to stand up for us. You know, I'm a business owner. I run three other businesses across Colorado. Again, it's about leadership. If, if, if the mayor need to know how to do everything, why do we have 23 department heads underneath the mayor? Get rid of them all. Let's save the city some money and let's hire some people who actually know what they're doing then. So again, it's, it's about leadership for the mayor's position. He doesn't need to know everything. Again, not being in politics, just, just we don't, we, the someone's that not in it, we won't have the one minute answer, but we're doing the best that we can with the information that the department heads won't give us. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Wayne Williams. I moved here with my wife and kids about a little over 30 years ago. Uh, back 29 years ago, Bob Isaac asked me to serve on the Colorado Springs Housing Authority Board, and that's how I got involved in civic engagement here in our community. I later served as a county commissioner, helped establish the Pikes Peak RTA, and then served as county clerk and recorder and Colorado Secretary of State, where I had the privilege of working with the League of Women Voters on a host of initiatives, including that drop box you saw probably as you pulled into the parking lot. Uh, I've tried to make sure that our voting systems are good. I was honored to receive the Leader of Democracy Award from the League a couple years ago. Uh, now I'm running for mayor. I'm a member of city council. I've worked hard to prioritize public safety, transportation and infrastructure, and our economic vitality. I look forward to tonight's forum. Thanks. Thank you very much for those introductions. I get the first question. My question to you, um, and we're gonna start, I think, it's a yes or no, and I don't need you to elaborate on it. Do you support raising the city council pay? First one is Mr. Gonzalez. So you only, want, so yes. Yes or no, that's it. Okay, yes or no, that's right. Second, uh, the second person would be uh, Mr. Martinez. Yes. Mr. Williams. Yes. Yemi. Yes. Tegan. Mr. Tegan. Yes. Okay. Mr. Strand. Yes. Mr. Glenn. Yes. Okay. Okay, Mr. Okay. What is it? Rodabaugh. Rodabaugh. <laughs> Right? Is that the way is it? Yes. Okay, good. Thank you. Mr. Delby. No. Ms. Clark. Sally Clark, yes. Okay. Okay, uh, Mr. Mitchell. Yes. And Mr. Miller. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Thank you very much. 
second question is from Monica. So I'll be asking the second question. To me, leadership is very important. Um, and you will have um, 30 seconds to one minute to answer. My question is, what do you think your strongest leadership quality is? And I will start with Mr. Martinez. We'll give you a minute. So I've been part of the El Pomar Foundation for 17 years, the Native American Council. Through the El Pomar, I have been trained from the Center of Creative Leadership, number four in the world. Leadership Pikes Peak, 2006, best class ever. Leadership Plenty, board certified. I've been part of the nonprofit community for a very long time. I've sponsored three different programs for children that I've done. I've been in patrol cars over a thousand hours as a volunteer with the, either the sheriff's office, the Denver Police Department, State Patrol, Santa Clara, California. Leadership is what's in your heart. What is it you wanna do? Who do you wanna lead? How much do you believe in leading the people in the right way? Leadership can only be words, but action speaks loudly. Thank you. Mr. Wayne Williams. Thanks. I think my most important leadership quality is the ability to work together to get things done. Let me talk a little bit about that. As a county commissioner, the largest issue facing our community, according to all of the surveys, was our transportation issues. And I worked with a group of people, with United Way, with people from across the political spectrum, uh, with El Paso County, and with the city of Colorado Springs to create the Pikes Peak RTA. I then worked on the campaign, put it on the ballot, it passed with 55% of the vote, and then I worked to make sure we actually delivered on the promises made. And that's a key point. We worked, we did it, and so it was renewed twice, most recently last November with 79.5% of the vote. As Secretary of State, I worked with the legislature to pass bills to improve our voting system, make it easier for businesses, and got 21 of those 25 passed through a divided legislature and signed by a, by a governor of the opposite party from me. Thank you. Mr. Yemi Mobilade. This is a great question, and indeed the very reason why I am running to become the 42nd mayor of Colorado Springs. I truly believe leadership matters. Uh, friends, I, I am what you call a triple strength leader, which means I have influence and impact in all three sectors, private, nonprofit, and civic. And the challenges of our future require a leader with the ability to pull solutions from across all three sectors, and also to be able to pull leaders from across all three sectors, and that has been my proven track record. And that's what you see in my campaign infrastructure. So we all get to talk about leadership, but the proof is also in the pudding. See who's around us. See who is on our campaign teams. That's really important because that is the future of your city. And I'm proud to have some of the best leaders and the most diverse leaders in the city actively working on my campaign. And that's what you can expect from me for the future of your city. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Teagan. So uh, what are the makes of the best leadership traits? There's a thing we, got, we learned in the Marine Corps called JJT tie buckle, but I'm not going to go into that. And to me, it's about honor. It's about honor, about doing what's right behind the scenes, not just be doing what's right in front of you. It's doing what's right for the community as a whole and collaborating with everybody in the community. And it's the commitment to continue to stand up for the community and not back down. 
and it's the courage to stand up against those that want to come in and oppress us from outer and even the inner within the city. So to me, that's that's what a leadership is. It's a strong leader who has the backbone that's willing to do what's right for the community, not for himself. Thank you. Mr. Tom Strand. I think uh, leadership for me is integrity. If you don't have integrity, I think nothing else really matters after that. Uh, I agree that uh, doing what's right when no one's looking, you know, to use a TIG statement, is really important. After integrity, I think it's experience and skill sets. Uh, in my 17 assignments with the Air Force in 30 years, I ran 14 offices as the leader, as the staff judge advocate. Uh, while I, you know, went, served on your di school district 11 school board, I was the president. And I mentioned during my opening remarks on city council, I've had all four leadership positions in my eight years on city council, and now I'm president of city council. I think none of those are by accident. Thank you. Mr. Darrell Glenn. Could you restate the question? Question is, what do you think your strongest leadership quality is? Thank you. I believe my strongest leadership quality comes from growing up in this community and realizing that God placed a lot of people in my life. And I tried hard to mess up. And God placed these people in my life that made sure that I understood the values of this community, that understood how important it was that people here, if they trust you, they're going to depend on you to be able to deliver for them. I recognize that I could not do anything possible without absolutely understanding the importance of service, understanding the importance that when God places this on your heart, you have a responsibility to step up and do the right thing. That's one of the reasons why I'm in this race, because people are scared, and I just want to be able to return the favor to the people that absolutely place this burden on my heart that I willingly take that I want to serve you. Thank you. Mr. Rodeball. Leadership. My entire life I was told I, what I could and could not do. I never listened to them. Uh, I was told I would never become a shift leader at Little Caesars. I did that. Uh, I was told I would never become a professional stand-up comedian. I did that. Uh, leadership is about going the right way and believing in your heart that you can lead. Uh, and I know I can lead. And as a leader of the city, I would listen to the people. Uh, and th that's who I'm here to serve. So in, in best interest of the city, that's what I have in mind. And I will continue to lead and never give up on what I'm supposed to do. Thank you. Mr. Andrew Dalby. I hear a lot of people talking about how they're going to deliver things for you and fight for you and how they are uh, excellent in these ways. I think objectively, if you look at my history, I managed a team of consultants. I, I brought in very large projects on time and under budget. I solved problems. But the biggest leadership uh, attribute that I think is most important for any leader is humility. Recognizing that uh, the people that uh, we serve are the masters and not the, not the servants. That uh, if I do something for one group of people, my donors, some other constituent group, that I have to take that from someone else. And so I think humility is a really important trait. Thank you. Mrs. Sally Clark. 
So on a good day, anyone can be mayor. On a bad day, you want a strong leader. But you also need to have somebody who's collaborative. In terms of my vision, it's adaptive leadership, which is something I took to heart when I went to the uh, senior executive leadership program at Harvard Kennedy Business School. The other thing I want to talk about is when the Waldo Canyon fire struck, it was in my commissioner district. And I stood on the hill and watched the, watched the Waldo Canyon come over the, over the hill into Mountain Shadows. And then after that, we saw the flooding happen in Manitou. And I traded in my skirts for basically for rubber boots and going up to help the folks in Manitou. And after that, we created a collaborative to fight for our fair share of dollars. That's what leadership means. Thank you. Mr. Mitchell. Thank you very much. Um, I feel that the best leadership quality I have is being practical about solutions. Because really, we have in government many career politicians that say they do a lot of things. But are they practical? Are they working for you as the citizens? And I feel that having practical solutions in the formation of budgets, the formation of development plans for the community, the formation of economic plans for the community, all have to be intertwined and practical when it, at the end of the day. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Miller. I'm Jim Miller, I'm just a guy. I don't think I am a leader. I really don't. I work every day, I do stuff. I think I'd make a fine representative. It's a lot different, I know. But I do know how to find people that are smarter than me, better than me, more versed in certain topics, subjects, and certain things that I don't understand or I'm not as familiar or don't do as much. I think that's pretty important. I know with my day-to-day -day work, I work for myself. I mean, let me tell you, my boss, he's a, kind of a jerk. He don't give me no days off. I was told me to finish the project before I left today and all that good fun-filled stuff. I've never had a vacation, but you know, sometimes it might just be the discipline to keep doing the things and stuff, along with the integrity. Having some honor, some courage, some commitment. That's some good dumb jarhead type talk right there, right? Nobody hears that too much. But I wouldn't be a leader, I'd be a representative. And last question goes to Mr. Longinos Gonzalez, Jr. Uh, thank you. And and as a leader, uh, what I want people to know is that they trust me and that they know I'm in it for the right reasons and that you have that integrity and that you're running or serving because of service to others. You want to do what's right for others. And because of that, you make good, solid decisions based on uh, data, information, public input, stakeholder input, and then making that trusted decision of what is right for the community. Uh, and just as important, Important in those in having a record of being able to do that is making sure that people know you are advocating for them. And I have a record of being a voice for residents, for being somebody who stands for you when there was the fires, getting the people to recover, when we had the COVID and the shutdowns, getting our community, our small businesses to recover as well. And a proven record of making sure that you stand by your word and do what's right for the community. And I believe that's the kind of leadership I've demonstrated and the leadership I want to bring as your next mayor of Colorado Springs. And that's why I'm asking you, Lojinos Gonzalez Jr. for mayor.
thank you very much. Okay, so we have a question from the audience, and this is a two-pronged question. You'll have one minute to answer. So we're going to start with uh, Mr. Wayne Williams. Wayne, how will the tragedy that occurred last year at Club Q impact the way that you will run the city as mayor? And the, ne the, the next prong is, what can young people look forward to from you if you are elected as mayor of Colorado Springs? So, a uh, couple things to note. Uh, we responded very quickly with the Colorado Springs Police Department. We need to continue to make sure that we have the law enforcement so we can respond quickly. But we also need to be more proactive as a community. Uh, after the shooting occurred, a number of us, uh, Mayor Southers, my wife and I, were at the first vigil at All Souls Unitarian Church. So part of it is mourning with those that mourn. But part of it is also looking forward and working to make sure that we are a welcoming community. That does not mean everyone has to agree with each other. Uh, we have a diverse community, and we should. In terms of young people, one of the things that I have consistently tried to do is to make sure that young people are involved after the protest with respect to Black Lives Matter. We appointed two very young individuals, uh, both around the age of 20, to our Law Enforcement Transparency Accountability Commission, and those are the kind of steps that we need to take to ensure that involvement. Thank you. Yes, uh, Mr. Gemmy. Uh, would you then answer this question? Yes, I'm happy to. One of the most essential functions of your mayor and city administration is public safety. Um, and it's upon me to ensure the safety of all residents in this great city, regardless of your gender, sexual orientation, or your choices. Um, it is a mayor's job to protect and be a mayor for all people. It's in your, it's in your city charter. It's a nonpartisan job. Um, there is no such thing as a Republican pothole or a Democrat pothole, as I often say. It's just potholes that affect all our quality of life. So that's the first thing. Number two is I am, I've been very purposeful in saying that, you know, my vision for this city is for an inclusive and culturally rich, safe and vibrant city and economic prosper, economically prosperous city on a hill that shines brightly. And that's the type of leadership you can expect from me. With regards to young people, that's just part of who I am. They will always have a seat at the table. In fact, there's a program at, uh, with the city of Colorado Springs called the Mayor's Civic Fellowship Program that I help birth and expect to see more programs like that from me. Thank you, Yumi. Uh, the next question is uh, for John Tigan. Can you repeat it again? Yes, the question is, um, how will the tragedy that occurred last year at Club Q impact the way that you would run the city as mayor? And what could young people expect uh, looking to look forward to from you if you're elected the mayor? How would it impact the way I would run the city? <clears throat> Unless it's after it ran it before, it's going to be interesting. But um, again, the community needs to be its own first responder. Uh, but we we got to step up with our police force and ensure that they are also protected so we get more police officers instead of being 70 short, which I think we're actually about 200 short just the way we expand and just the way they're, they're overworked. You know, and then bringing the young kids. To me, it's also just educating the community and the younger generation growing up so they don't feel threatened. They, they're more educated, not indoctrinated. And that's the biggest thing I think we have to go to for our younger generation. You. Next question is for Tom Strand. Same question, Tom. Thank you very much. Uh, many of us have things, events burned in our, our minds. 
uh, 9-11, many of us have, but this is the latest one that's burned into my mind was the Club Q shooting and the tragedy that we saw there. One of the things that I did following that, in addition to attending vigils throughout the community and being in front of City Hall uh, for one of the uh, demonstrations that occurred, was uh, having the uh, LBGTQ uh, uh, banner uh, in front of City Hall. We, uh, all City Council agreed to that. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a nine vote, but it was the majority of us. And we wanted to make sure that we represented uh, all of the pain and anger people were feeling. I am a father of three, a grandfather of five. Uh, I served on the school board. The youth is our future, and it's the group that we have to focus our attention on. I think any of us that have served on school boards, and when I was on the District 11 school board, I was involved with Teen Court, a program to make sure that young students, you know, weren't suspended or, you know, got into any trouble that we couldn't avoid. Thank you. Uh, same question for uh, Mr. Daryl Glenn. Daryl Glenn, thank you. You know, the, uh, the tragedy just reaffirmed my commitment because every loss of life in this community is something that should be mourned. And when I think about that, that's why I want Colorado Springs to be the safest city in the nation because when you look, especially if you've been here a long time, it is amazing, not from a good standpoint, the level of crime that has increased in this community. And people are scared. And we actually need to do something about it. And I want young people to be a part of the solution. Because we do have a lot of vacancies. But number one, we first have to have respect both ways for people to be in law enforcement and understand how important it is to have a safe community. And everybody should be a part of the solution. Because I want the police force to be representative of the community. And I think that's the best way to ensure our safety. So when we think about those tragedies and we think about our role, we need to actually draw a line and say enough is enough. This is our home and we need to take a stand. Thank you, Mr. Glenn. Thank you. The same question for, uh, for Mr. Ro uh, Rodenbaugh. What happened to Club Q was a tragedy. Um, it could have been prevented under the laws that we had passed with the red flag law, but that person should not have had guns in their house to begin with. They were called over to his house for violence. We should have then took their guns away right then and there. Uh, we just need to be more uh, inactive with following up with the laws that we pass and follow through. Because if we would have followed up with that, that person would have never had guns in that house to begin with. Because there was multiple times there, was cause, there were calls to his house inciting violence that we could have had a chance to take away those guns. And I think we should all focus on, I had 30 seconds left, but I think we should all just focus on everybody loving everybody. Because we have more in common with each other than, than we think. I didn't think I had anything in common with any of these individuals, but I do have a lot. And we should just love our neighbors and love everyone else around us and be more respectful of each other. Thank you. Thank you very much. Same question for uh, Mr. Andrew Delby. Yeah, I'm Andrew Dalby, and I have six children. So in terms of the young people, that's really important to me because they're all becoming adults. So I think that what we need to do in terms of inclusivity for them is to make sure that they have the ability to afford a home and that they can afford to live and stay around. I don't want them having to move out of state once they, uh, once they move out. In terms of the Club Q thing, I agree with Callan on this one actually a lot. Instead of the red flag, though, and just taking away the guns, the man who uh, who committed that crime had threatened 
assaulted both an officer and his grandparents. He was a criminal and he belonged in prison. I was speaking to a police sergeant about this very issue a couple of weeks ago, and she said, part of the problem is that the career politicians look for their conviction rate. And so rather than trying to pursue crimes or pursue convictions against people who are danger to our society, they'll let those go because it affects their, their future electoral status. Thank you very much. Ms. Sally Clark, same question. Thank you. We've seen too many of these in our community, whether it was New Life Church, uh, whether it was Planned Parenthood, whether it was Club Q, We've seen police officers get killed in the line of duty as well. And so I think it's important that we look at the mental health piece from a community standpoint and find out why. As a small business owner, I welcome all into my, into my home at our bed and breakfast inn. We don't discriminate because this is a beautiful place to come and we want to be welcoming. I think that one of the important things that we do need to do is really look at um, how we can staff up our police force. Some of these folks will tell you that they've, they've budgeted for them, but we don't have them out on the street. But a really strong community policing program will also help us in terms of making those, those neighbors our friends. And um, I do believe, though, that the mental health and substance abuse issues in this community need to be dealt with so that we can deal with our homeless as well as the tragedies we've seen. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Sally. The next uh, question is for Mr. Christopher Mitchell. Would you answer the question, please? Yes, uh, thank you very much. Um, I feel that Club Q taught us that the mayor needs to champion in the community that all lives do matter, whether that be through law enforcement, whether it be through cultural expression. That is a de facto role of the mayor's office, is to champion that all lives matter. And as far as uh, our youth, just the other week at New Altitude, I had a person who was my handler at the uh, forum, and she was inspired by the fact that I'm actually running for mayor. And I had a nice talk with her, and I said, follow your heart. Get involved in civics. Get involved in your community. And as mayor, I will continue that vision for our youth. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, the next uh, person would be Mr. Jim Miller. Would you answer the question? Let's refresh that question up. We've heard it. Okay, the question is, how will the tragedy that occurred last year at Club Q impact the way you would run the city as mayor? And what could young people look forward to from you if you were elected? Jim Miller. Club Q was disgusting and terrible by a disgusting and terrible individual that should have been punished and probably prosecuted a long time ago. Bad people need to be punished in our community and our neighborhoods. Crime needs to actually be punished. They need to go to jail. They need to be in trouble. They need to be held accountable. What can the young people expect from me? Well, you could probably expect a lot of criminals to not be roaming on our damn streets in our neighborhoods, our communities. You can also expect that I'm not going to allow the rapists and the pedophiles and sex traffickers to live within five miles of our schools, five miles of our victims, and not allow in our neighborhoods 
Unless we allow it in our neighborhoods, which we shouldn't. We shouldn't allow any of these terrible types of people to live in our neighborhoods because it's our community, our neighborhood, our city, not the criminals and the bad people that are doing terrible things. That's what I think. That's about it. I don't like criminals, and you should be allowed to protect yourself, too, and not be punished for that. Thank you very much. Same question, Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, thank you. So, so God asked us to love our neighbors, and so we need to make sure we are building respect within our own community. And uh, I treat everybody fairly. I want to make sure that our, our community, our city does that. Uh, it does highlight, however, uh, the rising crime issues that we have. Homicide rates were up 22% last year in the city. That's why fighting crime is my number one priority and is government's number one priority, because we need to make sure our families feel and are safe in their homes and in our neighborhoods, uh, and making sure that others that need early intervention assistance get that, uh, get that help. Uh, as for our youth, uh, I've been a teacher. I was a former middle school teacher and worked with the youth and understood the issues they were going through. I still substitute part-time uh, at, at uh, Harrison School District because I think it is so important to make sure that we're mentoring and leading and helping that next generation of great local leaders. Thank you. Thank you so much. The last uh, question, the last person to answer this question would be Mr. Martinez. Would you answer the same question, please? Yes, thank you for having me last. Anyway, we need to hire more cops. It doesn't matter your pronoun after your name. You all deserve to be safe. You all deserve to be safe in your house, safe in your car, safe as you're walking. Your children and your grandchildren should be safe walking to school. That's exactly what we need. We're not going to categorize, or I'm not going to categorize who you are. Everyone should be safe for the kids. They need jobs. They need a place to live. They should be appreciated for wanting to stay within our community. We need to be able to provide them jobs in which they can live. You've got four to five kids living in a one-bedroom and a two-bedroom. You've got people, two generations, living in a two- or three-bedroom. We need to show them the future. The kids are our future. We need to let them know how much we need them, why we need them to stay, and why we need to help them in every way that we can. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to be asking four questions next. The first three will be yes or no answers because we want to go pretty fast. The last one will be with a show of hands. First question. Do you support the annexation of Fountain property into Colorado Springs? No speeches, just yes or no. We'll start with Mr. Yemi Mobilade. Do you support the annexation of the Fountain property into Colorado Springs? You're speaking of the Amara annexation, correct? There was no annexation. That's, that's what's written down here. That may need a 15 second response. <laughs> okay, we'll take it away. That wasn't my question. Okay. Do you publicly support finance elections for Colorado Springs? Yes or no? Yemi Mobilade. Do you support publicly financed elections for Colorado Springs? No. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. Publicly financed versus what you're doing and going out and getting campaigns. Oh. And you a fixed amount too. Usually public or fixed amount. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the kind. Yes. So, yeah, is a no. Okay. Next is Mr. Tigan. No. Mr. Tom Strand. I do. Yes. Mr. Dower Glenn. No. 
Mr. Rodeball. No, let's get the money out of elections. Mr. Andrew Dalby. No. Mrs. Sally Clark. No. Mr. Christopher Mitchell. No. Mr. Jim Miller. I don't need a microphone, no. <laughs> Mr. Longinos Gonzalez, Jr. No. Mr. Lawrence Joseph Martinez. Yes. And Mr. Wayne Williams. No. Thank you. Okay. Let me see if these questions are right now. Okay. There's one more on this one. Okay. Would you make this a priority for 2024 elections? Yes or no on that same question. So starting with Mr. Tigan. Talking about publicly financed elections. Two people that supported it, right? There were two of you? Right. Yes or no? For the two that supported it, yes or no? Would you make this a priority yeah, for 2024? I, I think public safety is my priority, so I wouldn't make it a priority for the 24 election, no. And Mr. Glenn, was you, who was no. the other Martinez. So, so repeat Martinez. that again. You support public finance, or excuse me, you support publicly fi financed elections. Would you make this a priority for 2024 elections? Yes. yes. Okay, now here we go. And then we'll start next with Mr. Tigan, right? Tigan, you're first, yes sir, Mr. Tigan? Yeah, okay. So with some cities in Colorado, and... Okay. You're all at the same time, by a show of hands, okay? With, by a show of hands, with, this, with some cities in Colorado and other co across the country, expanding the voter franchise, will you support changing Colorado Springs voting to rank choice voting for the 2024 election? Yes or no. Yes or no. So if you guys, it, it's just by a show of hands, this okay, one. Show of hands, yes. Who is in support, support of doing that? Yes. I'll support it. Supporting it? I can't hear you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's real echoey. Okay, here we go. By a show of hands. There we go. Okay. With some cities in Colorado and others across the country expanding the voting franchise, will you support changing Colorado Springs voting to rank choice voting for 2024 elections? So, those who supported have said yes, those who said no, show of hands for no that you do not support ranked choice voting in our elections. Next year. Okay, next question. Hopefully it's not as complicated. <clears throat> okay, we're gonna start, who's the first person that I'm gonna ask? Okay, so Mr. Tom Strand, we'll start right. with you. Yep. This is the question. The, the question is, our city is developing too fast. This is from the audience. Do you support slowing growth, yes or no? Uh, yes, I, I support slowing growth, yes. Okay, next, Daryl Glenn. Do you support slowing growth, yes or no? Yes. All right. Uh, Kellen Rodenbach. Yes, I support slowing growth. And uh, Mr. Andrew Dalby. Sure. I, I mean, it, it's, it's not a yes or no question, but sure, yes. Okay. Miss Sally Clark. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mr. Christopher Mitchell. Yes. Mr. Jim Miller. Once again, no microphone, yes. One minute. Okay. Then uh, what about Mr. Gonzalez? Uh, yes. And uh, Mr. Martinez? No. Mr. Williams? Yes, we must have enough water. Mr. Mobley? 
Maybe. Oh, bloody. <laughs> Maybe, okay. And Mr. Tigan. Yes. Okay, that's it. Tom answered yes. He's kind of let Yemi off the hook here. What's going on? You keep him in, you let him let you some mid grounds. You put us all on the spot with some very gray area question. Make us yes and no, so you've got to make him answer it. Come on now. This is a community event. Okay, last question. Yes or no, Mr. Mobilare? Yes. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. Leadership. <laughs> okay, so in this next question, everybody's going to get a minute, okay? Uh, where do you see the growth in, in, in areas if we... If we lose the space for if we lose the space forced and these industries that support space, where do you see the growth? Can you ask that one more? Yes, time? let me try that again, okay? Okay. So you get one minute and the question is, where do you see the growth in areas if we lose the space force and those industries that support space? So First one to go is Mr. Daryl Glenn. Good. Daryl Glenn, uh, I just want to ease everybody's mind. Yes, it would be ideal that we would be the home for Space Command, but let me, let me reassure you, with the military mission that we have, we will still have an active role in the defense of this country when it comes to space. So there's still plenty of opportunities to grow. There are advantages to be in the command headquarters, but let's be reassured that our mission is strong. So we will be growing in that particular area, and hopefully we'll be growing from an infill standpoint, because I can guarantee you I'm not going to annex another piece of land until we have enough water and we have enough uh, public safety resources to support it. Thank you. Mr. Rodeball. We need to keep Space Force. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, the fact that we'd be the home of it. Uh, we need to be on the front lines of that and it'd create more jobs. But uh, yeah, we need to keep Space Command in control at Colorado Springs for sure. Thank you. Mr. Andrew Dalby. I care very deeply about the defense of our nation and where Space Force needs to be, needs to be based on the defense of our nation, not on tweaking our local economy. If they stay, that's great. I support that. That's wonderful. But I am tired of people up here, political leaders trying to tweak things and twist things and goose things. Again, like I was saying at the beginning in my introduction, the reason those banks failed is because Politicians were trying to force things to be what they aren't. And so where I would see growth is organically. The people who want to live here, the people who grew up here, the people who have children here, those, uh, those people should make their own businesses. We should support them through basic civil services and then allow people to make their own lives. As mayor, I will run the city, not your life. Thank you. Mrs. Sally Clark. 
So first of all, it's Space Command Headquarters, I think, is what we're talking about here. As it relates to the jobs that are created, basically, we need to make sure that the mayor stands up and fights to keep it here. The other piece of that, though, is that we already have five military installations. I'm a military wife. My husband works in the defense industry. So certainly, I have my own vested interests in this. But one of the things that we have to do is also diversify our economy. We need to look at primary jobs and how we create good, high-paying wages so that people can afford to live here. Because we have an affordable housing crisis, and you shouldn't be paying more than 30% of your income to house yourself, whether that's a rental or whether that's homeownership. So as it relates to Space Command, we need to keep it here. And I will, as your mayor, as our mayor, fight to keep it here having the good talking points and making sure my voice is heard all the way up from the state to the federal level. Thank you. And they actually did write Space Command and then they crossed it out and put force. So just want to let you know. Okay. Um, Mr. Christopher Mitchell. Thank you very much. Uh, I believe that keeping the military presence here is very important. However, we do need to diversify proactively. And one working example of that is the Micron technology expansion down on the south uh, west side of town. So when you talk about diversification, you first have to understand what you have to work with. Right now we have a predominantly military service industry economy. And we need to diversify that into sectors that make sense for the future and that are competitive with other cities. Um, for example, when we have graduates come out of our universities, they would like to stay here. So we want to provide jobs that will be competitive with Denver, Albuquerque, New Mexico, cities that are nearby. So that's what I would do as mayor is take a look at what we have to work with right now and look at a plan to move forward. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Jim Miller. Jim Miller, Space Force, Space Command. We all get the gist, all right? So anyways, that is actually going to be their decision tactically, and it's not going to be our decision. It's not up to us. If they decide tactically that it's good or bad or wherever to have it, but then to the other part of the question, it was uh, we might just be making stuff for things that go to space, okay? Satellites, components, parts, microchips, whatever, that kind of stuff. That might be Colorado Springs' role in it. I don't know. We don't know, but if we're looking at the future of it, that could possibly be the role that we play in the future of space. Who wrote this question? Raise your hand. Where is it? She's raising her hand, but she, where, I saw, I saw a hand. Where is it? I see you back there. All right, thank you. Thank you. Mr. Longinos Gonzalez, Jr. Uh, thank you. And, and as a county commissioner, we've been advocating and fighting to keep uh, Space Command here as well. Uh, and if it does go away, it was kind of already mentioned, that would be largely the command staff and command organizations. The bulk of what happens operationally is still going to remain here. So uh, those, a lot of that personnel is going to remain here. Uh, and what better advocate for in the future on any other type of military endeavors uh, and our uh, contractors is ha having a mayor who's a veteran. Right? Who can speak to those issues? And then how do we help expand businesses in general? Uh, how about we 
reduce regulations. How about we cut red tape and fees, and that is going to incentivize our companies locally to expand and bring in other companies. And how about we work with CSU, our utilities, to bring down the rates, which have risen over the last several years, 30 to 40 percent. And that's hurting our businesses. Let's work to cut red tape, cut fees, and not add any more burdens or taxes to our businesses or our residents. I'm going to be your voice and advocate. I'm going to be an advocate for our bases and our businesses. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Martinez. So what we need to do to make sure that we don't lose people that are working here already, if we lose space command, we need to fill the infill with companies coming who either produce or manufacture certain items. We need to be able to fill that. We got to remember we are a city of five military bases. Two of those bases go away. Boy, are we going to be in a problem. They should have already thought the politicians now what we were going to do when we do lose these bases. The changes that have happened in Ukraine, a lot of our military is shipping out. Fort Carson had to ship out to Germany. They got multiple units there. Poland, Finland, Sweden, they're NATO countries, so we're going to be sending out more American soldiers to protect them. So every soldier that leaves takes their paycheck with them. Family members leave. My son-in-law is military. My daughter would either come home or go someplace else to live. So we're going to lose that as well. We need to start thinking now where they should have been thinking before. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Wayne Williams. Daryl correctly summarized the fact that Space Force many components are staying here regardless of the space command decision one of the things that we will need to advocate for regardless of the space command decision though is for the subcommands star and others that deal with readiness deal with some of the other aspects and so we need to continue to advocate for that let's talk though about diversifying our economy regardless of whether it is here or not we still need to diversify our economy Part of what we've done at Colorado Springs Utilities and City Council is just entered into an agreement with a property owner by Fort Carson and by our Raynix and Power Plant to develop some industrial land that has dual service rail, something we do not have very much of. As a community, as we recognize that supply chain based in China has challenges, we need to work to bring manufacturing back to our community, and the agreement that we entered is referenced on the front page of the Gazette will help us do that. Thank you. Mr. Yemi Mobilare. Jin, thank you for that important question. Friends, um, Colorado Springs is the home of space. Of the five military installations that we have, four of them, their work is related to Space Force. That's really important for you to know. And by the way, the state as a whole, over half of um, the U.S.'s space operations happens in the state of Colorado. So space is here to stay. But with regards to Space Command, yes, we will continue to fight that that stays here. And if we, we lose it, we're talking about 1,200 jobs, potentially. And here's the thing, if we lose it, we will also support it, because ultimately, we want a, a country that is safe. So friends, I spent time as a VP at the Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Corporation, and I did a lot of call on defense companies. There, 44% of your GDP is connected to the defense economy. And so, with regards to diversification, yes to aerospace, cybersecurity, and space operations that will happen in this community. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. John Teigen. Well, just kind of like what Yemi was saying, if 50% uh, of it's done here in Colorado, honestly, I, I think they need to move. Strategically and tactically, it's not very smart having half your uh, space 
command in one state. If we get hit, guess what? There goes our defense system. So we also got to think about that, and the military thinks about that. That's why, again, they also thought about moving a lot of the, the defense department and some of the other uh, departments of head across the country versus just leaving them in D.C. Because what happens if D.C. gets nuked? Guess what? It's not It's not very smart now, is it, that we just lost our all of our snakehead. But... Again, we got we got to diversify. We can't just rely on the military. We got to bring in other uh, other forces. Again, we're going to have NORAD. It ain't going to go anywhere. It's not going to shut down. You got Peterson. It's not going anywhere. You got you got Shriver. So just just because one component of it leaves doesn't mean it's gone for good. It's just a matter of just getting in those other companies, cutting the regulations and red tape, so business will move in and stop raising their dang taxes. Thank you, Mr. Tom Strand. Ms. June, I think it was a great question too. Uh, I think it's an optics issue. The previous United States president has made a decision on his way out that the uh, headquarters for Space Command should move to Alabama. I do not agree with that. I've been on our military affairs committee for eight years where we have worked and, and I've heard probably for about the past 18 months that a decision was eminent on this and they keep saying it's eminent. Uh, I think we need to keep the headquarters space command here so that everything is in fact connected. There's a tremendous cost in moving this to Alabama, not only the jobs but the cost of a lot of the equipment and, and I think the mission. So it ought to remain here. If it doesn't, we're a thriving, growing, and, and as Mr. Williams said, we're, we've signed an agreement for this new group that's going to be an industrial rail group south of Fort Carson. It's going to be a tremendous opportunity for uh, manufacturing, which we haven't had in our community because we've been kind of high tech, you know, with, uh, with chips and, and with, uh, so, you know, with uh, other kinds of uh, high tech information. So let's keep the Space Command headquarters here. Thank you so much. Uh, now these are the closing, your closing statements. You get one minute for the closing statement and we're going to start with Mr. Wayne Williams and we will go from there. You have one minute. So first, thank you very much for your time tonight, your interest. We face important decisions, both for city council and for mayor. I would be honored to have your support. You can go to winwithwayne.org and find out more information. Uh, there's also literature, I think, for all of us on these back tables here. It is absolutely critical as we go forward that we continue the progress that we have been making over the last eight years. I want to continue that. I'm honored to have the support of Mayor John Southers, Mayor Lionel Rivera, as well as the Colorado Springs professional firefighters. As we go forward, we need to make sure that we're addressing critical issues, and I have the record of actually doing that with respect to public safety, with respect to transportation infrastructure, and with respect to improving our economic vitality as a city. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Next, we'll, we'll hear from uh, Mr. John Teagan. Again, a lot of what we've been talking about up here is a lot about leadership for the most part doing what's right for the city, doing what's right for you, talking to actually getting into the community, talking to the community and seeing what they really want. Again, I don't, I, I think the fact that what happened to us during COVID, it didn't sit well with me. I don't know if it sat well with you. Being a home rule, strong, strong mayor, we should have had 
a lot more freedom than what we have. They should, we should have been allowed to choose what we wanted to do with our own lives versus the government mandating what we had to do with our lives. And that's my biggest thing. We need to take control of our government. The government should not be controlling us anymore. And our taxes, again, why are we paying so more taxes than almost anyone else in, in the state? It's, it's ridiculous. Again, we don't have an income problem. We have a, we have a management problem. Only 50% of the businesses, our taxes are being collected. So just think of what we would have in our city if actually all of them were being, uh, being collected. Thank you. Next, Tom Strand. Thank you all for being with us for the last hour and a half and giving up your evening. We appreciate that very much. I think whoever you pick to be your next mayor, the third strong mayor of your city of Colorado Springs, you need to trust them. You know, and that's probably why you're here to figure out who do you really trust. And in that word, trust the acronym, you've got to look for these kinds of characteristics. Tenacity. You know, are they going to stick along? Are they going to fight the good fight? Are they going to be there when you need them? Responsiveness. Are they going to respond to you, your neighbors, and all the other community members? Understanding. Do they truly want to understand your needs, your concerns, and what you want for this community? Stability. Have they been around? Have they been stable for a long time? And you can actually measure that. And finally, time tested. You know, uh, if, if they've been around for a while, you've seen them. Uh, you know, in my case, eight years on city council, five years on the uh, school board for District 11. You can watch all the, the uh, recorded devices and see how time tested Tom Strand is. Thank you, Tom. Next, Mr. Rodenbaugh. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, as you've seen, uh, I don't know a lot about being the mayor, other than you're supposed to represent the people, uh, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, I will need the entire city's help to do this, so I would like to hold my own meetings every week with the people to know exactly what to do. What's on your mind? Uh, as you can see, is I just, I just want the best possible mayor for this city. Hopefully you think it's me, but I see that it's, it's not. I see your faces. <laughs> But I would love to have a positive impact on my community and bring attention to this election so you can find the best candidate out here um, and just see. I love Colorado Springs, and I just, want, I just want to have a positive impact on my community and the citizens that I represent. And I will be a man of the people and listen to y'all because I will need to listen to everybody to pull this off. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Mobilotti. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Friends, a lot of these um, debates, forums about ambitious goals and lofty promises that we have for you, um, but what you should be asking yourself as you look across the table is who do you want to help lead you? And I'm so glad we had those questions about leadership. Um, in one of our uh, forums two weeks ago, I met a gentleman who was in the backstage and he pulls me aside. He said, you know what? I retired from the Air Force and I know leadership and Yemi, you have it. And I said, tell me more. He said, here's the thing. I've been watching you, and people want to follow you. And friends, that's the leadership I bring. It, it welcomes you to the decision-making table. And the proof is in the pudding. And that starts with how we are running our campaign. And I'm proud that not only do I have the strength of leadership, I have the strength of support from every zip code and every neighborhood that is making donations to me. And that is humbling. So friends, I ask for your vote. Your ballots are out. Number four on the ballot, vote for me. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Mr. Mitchell. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming out tonight. Um, to me, being mayor means that you're practical and ethical. And as mayor, you're, I want to pr 
project those tenants into the department leadership and I will actively stand against city council when they are not practical and ethical because that is one of the basic tenets of being a good leader is being ethical and projecting that in the departments that you run and the, the departments that you lead and also the organizations within the government that you work with. And as mayor, I will listen to your voice and I will be your champion. Please elect me, Christopher Mitchell for mayor. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Miller? Jim Miller, I'm gonna use the microphone this time. So, we keep hearing leadership, leadership, leadership. I'm not hearing very much about representation for the people of the people. So I hear challenges, so I challenge you. Look, check all these campaign financial sheets. You look, you read, you see who's bought and paid for. You see who owes a favor. Money don't come free, does it? Sure as heck don't. You look and see who's been begging for the working people's money. Because if they beg for it now, what's gonna stop them from taking it later, right? If they're easy to buy now, they're gonna be easy to buy later and take advantage of every one of us. We're more than just funding. We're the people, we're a community. We are the neighborhoods. We do everything. We fund everything. It says we the people, not them the government. Don't forget that. Also, we don't have to be friends to be neighbors. Everybody smile and be nice to each other, please. Jim Miller, I don't have a website. I had a Facebook my daughter helped me make. Thank you, Jim. Mr. Martinez. So what we need to do is take a look at all who's up here. I'm sorry, I'm not a lifetime politician, so I didn't have a speech that I could dust off and put city council, county commissioner, federal government employee, now I want to be mayor. These are all speeches they gave you before. All you need to do is look and see the same words they're giving to you now. They tell us we have police safety problems, we have homelessness, we have uh, no housing. When I ran in 2015, those were the same questions. In 2019, they were the same questions again. 2023, they're the same questions. So for all these people who had office, I guess they didn't take care of it, huh? Because we still have the same problems. They took a paycheck, but they didn't take care of it. So what we truly need to do is put somebody without experience. Because sometimes you hire the person who doesn't have experience because they bring in new ideas. They bring in new situations. They look to see how we can solve the problems. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, thank you. And I'm Lojinos Gonzalez, Jr. Uh, run for mayor. You can go to gonzalezformayor.com. Gonzalez with a Z in the middle, Z at the end. Uh, as a retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Academy graduate, uh, former uh, school teacher, current county commissioner and business owner, uh, I truly believe I have the experience and leadership skills that, that best matches our community and can best lead our great community forward. Uh, I will prioritize our public safety to bring crime down, uh, fix our roads and infrastructure, uh, and make sure we're addressing those water and growth concerns. Uh, I have a record you can trust, uh, and I believe in fiscal responsibility, uh, and so I will oppose any new tax or tax increase because I want to make sure we're not adding any more burdens to our taxpayers locally. I also I just ask everybody to do your research. Who has been a voice and advocate for the people? Do you want somebody who's an advocate for you? As I believe my record shows, I will be your voice. Uh, or do we want some people who may advocate and be the voice of big developers? Do the research. I will be your voice. I'm accountable to you, not the big developers. Like others are. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Um, 
Mr. Mr. Glenn. Yes, Daryl Glenn. Uh, thank you for coming out tonight. I really encourage you to spend some time on our websites. Check all of us out. Uh, because I think it's extremely important. This is a critical election. We are at a, a, a critical point in our life. Uh, there are tough challenges ahead of us. When you start looking at global supply chain issues, some of the issues that we're facing here in this community with regard to safety issues, I just want you to understand that my number one priority is to make sure that Colorado Springs is the safest city in the nation. But we also have to a reality check. We are way too dependent on federal and state funding. We need to become more lean and efficient. We need to be able to look at what we are doing on a local level to be able to sustain some of the challenges that we're going to be able to, to have to address. We also need to look at our regulations because the government has way encroached into our lives. And we need to make sure that the government has the smallest footprint in our life to be able to maximize your freedom and liberty, your rights to your businesses, and your personal property. Go to DarylGlenforColorado.com. Thank you, Mr. Glenn. Mr. Delby. Yeah, Andrew Dalby, like I said in my introduction, uh, little old lady who swallowed a fly, that's what I keep hearing up here. Oh, well, we didn't solve the problem last time. Let's swallow a different animal. Let's, let's have somebody who's been in office for decades. Oh, now I can solve the problem. Let me do some more thing. The fact is, is that we're in some kind of choppy waters here. The bank failures that we've had are first indication of possibly a recession. The Federal Reserve has raised rates. There's big problems that might be coming up, and we, ha and we haven't solved the problems in the past. You need somebody who's competent, but not somebody who's entrenched, because they already have their, their constituents, and it's not you, as it's been said several times up here. So look for somebody who's competent, but who doesn't want to run your life, and who hasn't been, uh, have decades of failure behind them. Thank you, Andrew Ms. Sally Clark. For once, I get to go last. Um, I'm Sally Clark, and I, you know, we're hiring, folks, we're hiring the next CEO of this city, but the CEO also has to have leadership qualities. So let me talk about my skill set that I bring to the table. I do have experience at all levels of government, but I got into politics accidentally, saving Fire Station 3, and recently worked with the Westside Neighbors to save the Westside Community Center from being sold off to developers. So I care about this community. This is a magnificent place to live. But what we need to do, really, is to make sure that we hire somebody who understands budget management, who understands people, and who understands everything about how government works. Because if we are not at the table, we will be on the menu. And I prefer to know what my menu is. I'm Sally Clark. I ask you to look at my website at electclark.com. Give me a call. Send me an email. My phone number is right on the front of the website. Thank you very much, and I would love to earn your support as our next mayor. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have a round of applause for all of our candidates, please? Let's give a big round of applause to everybody. I was going to say thank you. Thank you, Mr. Miller, all of you for attending. This is on, right? You can hear me? Yeah? No? Yes? Okay. So um, so a couple things before we wrap up. Candidates, thank you. You were awesome tonight. Thank you to our moderators, Moni and Jackie, right? 
Thank you to our co-sponsors, all of those awesome individuals, all of you in attendance this evening. Again, you will see these candidates on Saturday at Hillside Community Center. If your question was not asked, if it was environmental, transportation, uh, water, it will be asked on Saturday. That is what they will be talking about on Saturday specifically. Hillside Community Center, one to three. Again, if your question was not asked, be sure and ask these candidates one-on-one -on -one after we're done. Thank you so much for attending.